Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, media trainer and editor of veganbusinessmedia.com, the multimedia blog providing success tips for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. In this episode, I interview Jennifer Pardot, owner of Zest Plant-Based Food Consulting, the UK's first food consultancy to work exclusively on plant-based products in the raw, vegan and free-from markets. Zest is the UK's go-to agency for plant-based product development, branding, marketing, business plans and scaling. The company works with a diverse range of clientele, from early-stage businesses through to large corporations in both the consumer product and food service sectors. Jennifer launched Zest in 2014 after a wealth of experience in the food and retail sector, starting in 1996, working in startups, small to medium businesses and large corporations all over the world. Originally from Australia, Jennifer's owned three cafes in London and won a British Sandwich Association Award. Her mission is to create more and better plant-based choices and availability for consumers. Zest is currently designing a vegan pale ale can, a vegan cheese range, a quick service restaurant concept, working on new product development with an almond milk, helping a plant protein smoothies brand to make sales and helping brands to break into the UK. In this interview, Jennifer discusses why brands must not only stand out but be entertaining and how to go about this. What retailers look for in a brand when considering stocking it what investors look for in a plant-based food company, and much more. Here's the interview with Jennifer Pardo from Zest Plant-Based Food Consulting. Hello, Jennifer, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Katrina, for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm looking forward to getting some information from you to share with our vegan business owners because you've got such an extensive range of experience, particularly within the plant-based foods arena. To start off with, tell me why you started up Zest. Really, it's um, really the mission is to create more and better plant-based choice and availability for consumers. Um, I believe where there is availability and variety of great tasting products, uh, or, or on, on menu items, uh, on menus, uh, consumers are more likely to be leaning towards plant-based diets more. And if everyone did that, it would have a huge in- impact on health and environmental issues of, that we have today and also in, in the future. Absolutely. Now, one of the challenges a lot of particularly vegan food producers um, mention is that because they're so ethical, you know, particularly if they're organic and fair trade, um, their products have to be more expensive. What advice could you give them to how they can deal with that challenge, you know, and the challenge to stay competitive and attract customers? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question, actually. Uh, we would, I would say that um, really keep telling your story keep marketing uh, the, the good value that's in, that's in your products and, and your unique selling points. Um, it's really to get across to the, your customers or, or consumers that they're receiving good value for, for their money. Um, so, yes, that's, that's exactly what that's the advice yeah. I for that. Yeah. And, and just you know, keep working towards um, better buying power so that you can bring your prices down 
uh, over time. Um, that's what we see most most products coming out. That's what we we see happening anyway. Are you talking about sort of collaborations as well to get sort of so you can get those bulk buying discounts? Uh, yes, I mean just shopping around um, uh, for different different uh, wholesalers, um, or yes, partnering up with with others that might have shared storage space, or really just being savvy, um, uh, finding finding where where you can. Um, Reduce your reduce your overheads and reduce your your costs. Um, uh, that's that's you know for any business, but particularly when you want to sell your your product to as many people as possible, um, many de- demographics as possible. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that would be a big motivator. For sure. Now, the other challenge that I hear from plant-based food businesses is how to go about getting their products into retailers. So whether that's health food stores or speciality grocers or even the big supermarket chains, what advice can you offer? Um, I think it's definitely knowing your market, who who you want to sell to. Um, If you're growing your business organically, starting out a local market and then showing the, you know, it might be the, the natural channels, like the, the health food stores that is your next step or it might be food service is your next step. Um, if you're going from the health foods um, area to if you want to get into supermarkets, I definitely definitely recommend um, uh, it's time to look at the branding um, because getting uh, branding for the mainstream is, is can be different than if your target market is the is, is customers of, of health food stores or in, in, you know independent retailers. So um, buyers are really looking for products that stand out um, uh, and that entertain customers after the initial honeymoon launch uh, stage period where the product is new. Um, and because the person's not there to, you know, the product's sitting on a shelf, so the, the owner of the the business is not there to keep selling the product. The branding really has to be bold and and stand out. So yeah, that's really good advice. I'm so glad you said that because, and I wouldn't have thought of that either. But you're absolutely right because as business owners, we're the best people to sell our own products. But of course, like you say, when you're there amongst, particularly in a supermarket, um, you know, competing against other brands on the shelf, that that's really um, a really good point to make. So. Uh, and particularly, like you say, about that uh, after the honeymoon period as well. So, yeah, I went to I went to um, a show, a food show um, uh, last week, and and it was kind of like that. It was kind of a sea of samey fonts, samey logos, with, and logos, you know, with the leaf motif in them, and you know, green as far as the eye can see. But buyers, <laughs> were, buyers um, weren't looking for those products. They they were looking for the products that stood out um, with colour and um, original branding um, because they know that those products will stand out on the shelf, continue to entertain the customers and, and sell more. Um, so while while there, there's a temptation to kind of go down a predictable branding route if you're a plant-based product, food or otherwise actually, um, and um, kind of get kind of get into that club of <laughs> plant-based looking uh, looking branding but actually um, that will just blend in and you, and you really want to stand out 
as Dr. Seuss said, (laughs) (laughs) why fit when you were born to stand out? That's really good advice. Now, what other than the branding then and the look of the product and the packaging, what other things do retailers and supermarkets look for when deciding to take on a new brand? Uh, Yeah, a couple more things. The taste of the product is is top. Um, Mm. It has to taste good. Um, If it tastes, if it doesn't, you know, it's just not acceptable or, or wow tasting. Um, customers won't come back. And um, uh, they also look at the business person themselves, how how much stamina, how much drive, how much experience and, and skill does the entrepreneur have to continue um, to promote their products. And when I, when I um, talk to business owners, I, I really say that um, marketing and promotion and branding actually all comes down to one thing and that's keeping the keeping the, the customer entertained um, um, because that's the, the long that's the, the consistent thing that you need to keep doing after you've after you've launched your product. Got it. So do they take into account say for example a business's social media following or media coverage? Yes, absolutely. They they look for indicators that um, what is what is the business person bringing to their business? Um, are they going to bring new customers to their business as well as, as customers going to buy their product? Um, and they're just their marketing ability. How consistent is the marketing? Is it positive? Is it engaging? Um, what you know? What's the personality like? You know, and, mm-hmm. and again, it comes back to the entertainment. Is it entertaining, or is it boring? Is it, is it, um, <laughs> you know, is it dull and is it colourless? Is it lifeless? Is it, you know, banging on about the same thing all the time? Um, so, um, so they they absolutely look at look at those things because they they want to make sure that the space that they're offering on their shelves, um, or you know, even in in food serv- in food service as well, um, does the business owner look after the brand uh, well. Yeah, fantastic. This is so helpful. Now, can a business owner themselves approach a retailer directly or will retailers only negotiate, say, with brokers or distributors? Oh, no. Um, uh, you, can, you can approach retailers directly, absolutely. Um, the only thing is, is it could be your one chance. With that, with that particular retailer, and it could be that the retailer doesn't give you any feed, any uh, feedback. Um, so while they're nodding their head and going, "Yes, this is a lovely product," actually they're thinking, "Actually, the brand is wrong. The taste isn't isn't as we thought it would be. Um, mm. Or we don't like, we don't feel that the person is strong, or, or you know, even if, even looking into the person's personal social media. Um, these buyers, they do their homework." They're also not going to spend time, spend time giving. I wish they would sometimes, but I wish they, <laughs> they they're not going to spend the time to give lengthy feedback and educating, educating the business owner because they feel that right. the business owner should do, do that themselves, basically. So in that case, yes, um, you can get help <laughs> to, to, um, uh, make that, make that process a lot stronger. 
Sure. So if you don't have experience, it's probably better to go through, say, a broker or through an agency such as yourself who who can educate and, and help people through that process. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be expensive or, or lengthy. You're just buying very uh specialist information um that you need at that one time. Uh and it can just help you get through that next barrier um to get to get your products out there. For sure, for sure. Now, let's talk about some of the challenges involved in having products in retailers because I know everyone kind of goes, oh, yeah, we want to get our stuff in supermarkets, you know, because we want to get it to the masses. Now, I know of one company here in Australia that's actually had some issues with the big supermarkets in terms of margins, for example, and being constantly squeezed. And another one in particular will often take on a brand. And if it does well, they'll then get rid of that actual brand and then bring out their own house version which is cheaper and usually more inferior i don't know if that's specific to australia or if that's something that you can um you know that goes on elsewhere and, and obviously you're oh, based in the uk yeah. it goes that, what, that goes on everywhere but not a, actually not as much as you might think it does it's, right. unfor- it's it's unfortunate and there's not much you can do to avoid that other than other than the the um than your story and your brand and your marketing ability is the thing that's going to set you apart. So just, I would just advise if it's happened to somebody just to keep, um, to keep doing what you're doing, um, to differentiate yourself. Um, over time you'll, you'll recover. Um, but yeah, it's not, that's not nice for it to happen to any, any business owner, but it's just part of, part of business, unfortunately. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, there's lots of retailers that don't do that though, so. Yeah, 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 cool, cool. Now, for those who are aspiring to own a vegan run business, what in your opinion are the key things they need to take into account before making the jump from employment to self-employed? Because I know you've done this yourself and you you help other people to, to do that. So what tips would you give? I would say before you give up your day job, really try and, try and create your business in a part-time way or moonlight uh, if you're if you're uh, employed to just to really get a feel of of what it's what it's like try and get past the stage of launching something actually because after launch is where the really hard work starts and um, that's when you need to be be consistent and, and selling and that's when you see whether your product's going to be whether it's going to be sustainable financially for you. Um, sometimes the most exciting parts um, are especially at the beginning when you're, you know, creating what your product's going to look like and tone of voice and um, seeing, seeing, uh, hearing, you know, your initial customer feedback. But actually, it's it's what comes after that, those first steps, and and then. Um, you know the selling uh, of your products. So yeah, I would say I would say keep keep looking into it. Um, keep your day job until you know that you're you, you know that you just have to continue on with with doing um, your business. Um, it's not for the faint-hearted, <laughs> but it has it has more reward. It can have more rewards than than being employed. That's for sure. There's no, there's no yeah. cap on that actually. Um, so even further down the line, when you have other achievements, 
um, you know, a year or two years into the business, and you're having having um, those those more harder won achievements, uh, it's also very re- re- rewarding. For sure, for sure. What are Jen? What are some of the key mistakes that you see, and particularly plant-based foods businesses make? I know you wrote an article for Vegan Business Media blog, and we'll put a link to that on the show notes page um, around exhibiting. What are some of the other mistakes that you see plant-based food businesses make? Um, I would, I would absolutely come back to the to the branding and the entertaining. Um, you know, I could make, I could make, in five minutes, I could make you a logo, a brand with a leaf motif and a logo. I could <laughs> download a free font from the internet and, and select a shade of green for the coloring. Um, you know, but, um, that's not going to entertain mainstream customers, uh, uh, long term, um, unless you're, You've also got a band or or a television show attached <laughs> to your <laughs> to your brand. Um, I think that's probably just the biggest mistake of of getting past the launch period and then having um, your marketing um, in place so that it it continues to to sing about everything that that is your brand. So I think that's probably probably one of them. Um, the other mistake is, I guess, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that um, not realizing how much you, that you need to sell yourself all the time, not just not just your product, but yourself too. So, um, being the best that you can be, um, being ready to do a, a, a talk or a pitch or you know, opportunities can come out of the blue and um, yeah. it helps if you're ready for them. But not everyone, you know, no one's perfect and, and people have opportunities come to them and it's like, oh, well, you know, I wish I had another day to prepare for prepare for that and you just got to go in and do it. Um, but, um, yeah, just, just be ready for the opportunities. Absolutely. I like that you said that. I always, when I go to business owners website and I go to the about page and there's nothing about the people behind the brand. And I always really encourage them, you know, we're curious as humans. We want to know who is the person, you know, behind yeah. the brand as well. So I'm, yeah, I'm glad. Exactly. And even like, even we work with, with some companies that, um, that, you know, they've got several companies and, uh, they actually don't want to be the face of the brand, but yeah. there's real personality lacking, um, uh, and it's very, you know, very one-dimensional, even in the social media. Um, That's right. You know, yeah. uh, there needs to be, there needs to be something human for people to engage in, even if the product that they're selling isn't human, if it's, if it's food or, or another, you know, another um, type of product, clothing or whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, it needs the human element. For sure. Now, one of the things oh, that can be a challenge for business owners is finances, and a lot of them want to jump on board and you know attract investors. And I noticed one of the services that you offer is helping businesses to secure investment. How do you determine whether a business is ready to approach investors? What do you look for? Uh, it depends what type of it depends what types of funds that they're looking for. Um, and then it depends on the person, on the, on the entrepreneur themselves. Some people want to want to get seed funding right from the right from the get go. Um, uh, others want to prove their their business model in some way first, and show you know showing 
sales, showing some traction. Um, so it, it really depends on on what stage the the company's at and and the entrepreneur themselves. Um, and then uh, really it's about um, putting together a, a pitch deck or a business plan or even just a roadmap of of what that business strategy is. But uh, for the for the yeah, for the state for the stage of business that they're at, um, it could be it could be a 25-page business plan, and we've definitely done some of those where you know where bigger money is is being sought, um, but it's you know deadly serious that it has it that entrepreneur has to be um, shown that they really know their market, they've really done the research. You know, the appendix alone is probably ten pages long. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. um, so yes, it really depends on on what they what type type of funds they're trying to get. For sure, but in both instances, you would say that the in your experience, investors will be looking for, um, if not a track record, but um, certainly uh, something around the business person themselves, or like you say, a solid business plan and really knowing that their market. Yeah, really knowing their market, knowing their products. Um, the product is executed well, um, uh, tastes good and good, good branding. Um, how they're, what, what plans have they got to, to market their products? Um, having said all that, it's still half of it, I really believe, especially in the early stage business, half of it comes down to what the person is like to, to be with. What kind of company are they? Are they, I mean, uh, not a company as in a business company, but what do they like to interact with on a personal mm. personal basis? Um, and then, yes, what 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 skills do they have? What, or what are their strengths as a person? Uh, how how well can they sell in person their their product? So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's interesting you say that because I interviewed Sebastiano Costia Castiglione, who's an oh, investor who wow, yeah. invests multi millions of dollars in vegan run businesses. And he said one of the key things, obviously, you know, having the strong business plan and all that, it, it kind of, you know, is taken as ready. So, but the thing that will tip him over the edge to invest is the people behind it. Um, so yeah. it's interesting that you, yeah, you say yeah, that you again. I think it comes out to what you said about standing out. Yeah, they want to see yes. the, the passion yeah. and the drive. Because yeah. you know, in, you're asking, is this person driven? Uh, what are they driven by? Uh, are they are they have they got the stamina? Are they persistent? Uh, or are they going to give up in week two? <laughs> you know, you really exactly, have to yeah. engage with them until you meet the person. It's yeah, it's difficult to invest uh, in right, the business yeah. plan. But it, it's the whole it's the whole presentation really that you've got your. You've got your theory and and your research done, and that's that's down. And you've got your ideas on branding, or the branding's been done. Um, but yes, at the end of the day, tasting the product, meeting the person, is is um, that's not replaceable. Got it. Fantastic. Now you've talked a lot about um, standing out, the importance of standing out, because obviously there's a lot more players in this arena now. As and we talked about earlier, there's not only um, ethical vegan businesses that some of which have been around for a long time and mm. some are new, but we've also got really big mainstream food players coming in and taking this um, seriously as a market. 
Um, so in terms of standing out, it, it comes down to the entertainment value and the branding. Are there any other tips you can advise people um, in regards to how they can stand out both within the vegan business arena and outside of it? Yes, actually, there's one big tip that I would recommend to any, any, uh, if, even if, if it's not food, so food or, or other uh, consumer product goods or even, even, um, our food service is to get some original content and really show your customers enjoying your product. Nothing, to me, nothing sells better than seeing somebody else that, um, you can relate to, um, experiencing the products um, in an enjoyable way. Nothing, trans, you know, nothing translates more than, you know, the person doesn't even have to, the, the person that you're seeing on, on a video or a photo or um, audio doesn't have to say anything. They just need to make um, the noises of, wow, this product is good. <laughs> so I really recommend to stand out because that um, filming that content um, is going to be unique to your business. Whoever the the, the um, person is trying your product, getting their reactions, everyone's going to have different reactions. But facial ex- expressions, um, yeah, and just <laughs> just the mmm noises coming from the person yeah. <laughs> is actually really important. And when you look at um, when you look at um, Say, for example, cooking shows. There's always this moment where the expert um, tries the product and is judging the product, or, or the you know the it could be the meal or something like that. Um, and then there's that there's that moment where is it going to be? Oh my god, this is disgusting! Or wow, mm, can't just <laughs> words exactly. can't express how good this is. So yeah. getting that c- capturing that moment. Um, it, it, it could translate this to, to fashion too, you know. Um, uh, just capturing that moment where um, you see people that you want your cons- your customers to relate to, um, enjoying your products is really important. Yeah, that is such good advice, actually. I, that's really, really, really good advice, really strong advice. And it, it, like you say, it's very different to just having the product on its own where it's just static um, to actually, because people, you know, we, we buy on how we feel, how something makes us feel, like a brand Absolutely. makes us feel. I'd say you're right. If you can right. see our peers going, oh, yeah, this is lovely. We're like, yeah, yeah, we want to have that. Um, so in terms of marketing, now, you're called, your own company is called Zest Plant-Based Foods. What's your... Um, take on and everybody has I ask this question to everyone and they all have very different responses yeah, um, what's yeah. your take on the use of the word vegan versus say plant-based because you know and some people say oh yeah it's you know it's cool to be vegan now it's, it's good to use it and others it's like no no it's you know it's still a bit scary yeah, so yeah. what's your take in terms of what advice would you give food brands on on this and guess, perhaps talk yeah. a little bit about your own choice of work for your own company as well actually what um, to answer all of those questions, this really again comes down to the market that you're targeting. Um, to me, to me, so far, um, everybody understands plant-based, um, especially, I guess, especially for, um, I guess, age from age 35, even 40 upwards, um, those generations get the plant-based. Um, 
they might have had earlier experiences of vegan products that they haven't had good memories of um, or other prejudices. And so I find that um, that um, to reach to reach that market, people understand that more. However, I would say that um, the word vegan is being used so much more, which is great to see. Um, and it's it's a in some products it's the right thing to do to put it front and center. It's a cool thing. It's you know immediately stands for everything that vegan means. Um, So we we use the word vegan a lot with with clients in our in our social media. Um, uh, Well, I'm a vegan and. You know, I'm not afraid to use the word. That's for sure. But it's it's, to, it's just to do with who your who your biggest marketing, uh, who you're marketing yourself to, who's your market. Um, I think that's the the best thing. You know, in in um, in the UK, there's um, strategy of of free from, which started out as as um, coming from uh, allergy free. Uh, products, but really a lot more people buy free from products because they've read or heard um, or, or even just felt the benefits of, you know, dairy free or or um, egg free. Uh, and and that strategy works for for older consumers. They they feel much more comfortable for some reason um, buying that. It doesn't it doesn't um, yeah. Uh, they don't seem to have any issues. Then, um, yeah. but then we see, oh, young, we see the younger people getting yeah. vegan a lot more, and they that's they are right. more into more into not just the health side and the environment side, but also the animal the animal side too. So exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about your business. So you've, as we said in the introduction, you've got uh, an inordinate amount of uh, experience in the food and retail sector and now you've started up your own uh, marketing and consultancy business so what were some of your key challenges when you first started up Zest? Um, well I was a new vegan and I didn't know anyone in the vegan community at all <laughs> so that was interesting <laughs> and I kind of set out in the first year to try and meet as many many people as I could um, and understood how how um, you know, he was he was working um, in this sector already, and um, if I could collaborate with anybody, um, also just you know just help anybody. Um, I think that was just the f- the first um, the first year strategy, and to understand um, what what they like to what vegans like to see um, when they when they buy. Because I think with any, I think if even you know bigger companies, you know. To have the the loyalty and trust from the vegan community, I think that's quite important. Um, it might not be important to, to some, but it, but I think for businesses starting out, you know, you've got an audience there straight away that will love your products. And um, yeah, I think it's I think it's um, it was a good uh, it was a good first year actually. <laughs> it was good for me to see the eye opening and and uh, yeah, I met many many people who call my friends uh today. So um yeah, so that was that's been important to start off with. And also yeah, just then broader networking 
networking in the mainstream, um, networking with branding agencies and um, uh, food retailers and um, going to the food shows, even going to you know retail interior design shows. Just <laughs> the whole the whole uh, the whole year schedule of of shows is pretty incredible in here in the UK. But um, yeah. So what I'm hearing really. is you're doing a lot of research, which I think is really yeah. important for people to to know yeah. that you don't just kind of go, oh, I've got an idea and jump straight into it. That it, it is important to to really get to know who's who's doing what, who are the influences in your industry, um, and you know to, to sort of yeah establish your profile, I guess. So the, what I'm hearing yeah. is you've done a lot then, of a lot of research. Then you just then you just start um, seeing opportunities and and uh, you can c- collaborate with others. Nas- having national press has been very important for us and we right. wouldn't have been able to do that without collaborating with other people to, to get into the national press. Um, but then, you, then you're starting to develop exactly what it is, what services you're going to provide, what, what is needed. Um, at first, I thought I'd be, you know, I was hoping to, to be working with um, lots of kind of global cor- corporations, but there were when I started, they were still a bit behind the times then. And but then, you know, working with um, early stage businesses uh, to start off with really taught me what what services that I needed to provide. And then that's that's moved on to um, working with larger businesses now. Um, now that we've got some experience in in uh, what we're doing, so yeah, it's been been really really good. Excellent. Now, what skills from your, because for people, I'm thinking in terms of people who, um, you know, who got a corporate job and they want to start their own business, perhaps, you know, consulting in some way. Um, what skills from your previous jobs and career have been useful in running your your own business? Um, <laughs> I would say working hard, um, expecting to expect to work long hours. You know, if you're, if you're an, if you're an employee of um, a bigger corporation, um, don't think that you're going to start your own business. And um, yeah, sure, people say yes, you can. You can work your own hours, <laughs> but <laughs> it really comes down to still working long hours. Um, but you would have been working long hours um, in your probably in your your um, in the large corporation um, to try and get ahead anyway. Um, you know, if you put the effort in and um uh you're you know you're building your profile all the time you're you're building your network all the time um you're putting the extra effort in to make sure things go right um making things happen uh is very important and getting over barriers those those things from from that background are really essential um and they're good to, good to have developed yeah if, if someone was going straight from from high school say and wanting to to um, make their own products. Um, to me, that sounds great to see that entrepreneurial spirit. But I also do recommend still university or you know getting getting some employment experience is still important because you're going to use those skills in in creating your own business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just finally, if we talk a little bit about mindset, because a lot of people say running your own business, it's the biggest form of personal development, forces you out of your comfort zone. Um, what qualities do you think are essential to being entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner? Absolutely. 
perseverance and persistence <laughs> are the main ones for sure. Uh, yeah, and and uh, having the stamina, keeping going. Um, you you could, you know, you can have a week of bad news and a week of things going wrong, and <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you need to have that strength of character to to pick yourself up and keep going and say, you know what. This is just part of part of business. It's um, let's look forward to what we, what we can do right. Let's look forward to what we can make happen. Yeah, um, that managing yourself. Next, let's look yeah. at our next sale. You know, let's look at our next innovation. Because um, uh, bad news will be a, a thing of the past um, soon enough. So yeah. Yeah, and there's, 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 also no, there's also no shame in, in stopping what you're doing, closing down your business. And, and starting again, um, uh, that can also, you know, be very motivate, uh, because you're going to be learning from what you did, um, what you, the mistakes that you made. And no, no business is created with no mistakes. <laughs> That's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very true. And then just finally, Jen, what, well, final two questions. What have been your key lessons that you've learned through running your business? And I know you've been running Zest since 2014, but you also ran your own sandwich business. So what lessons have you heard, uh, have you gained and learned from running your own businesses? Um, if you're working with somebody else and you're wanting to create a serious business, if, if um, the partners or other people going to be involved in your business um, want it to be long term and want it, are ambitious and want it to be a big business. Get a shareholders agreement um, to start off with, even though that might be uncomfortable. Um, mm. But if people are uncomfortable with it, are they the right people to be going into business with? You have Good to ask point. yourself that question. <laughs> you have to ask yourself that question um, because you might find that some don't have the stamina to stay, uh, stay the course. And then you've got to figure out, you know, what happens then in that partnership if they're uh, not going to contribute any longer, um, and they if they still want to get the rewards and not, and not do the work. Um, yeah, that's really important. <laughs> get a shareholders agreement. Um, Very good. Um, what did you call it then? A, a what agreement? Shareholders agreement. A shareholders agreement. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shareholders cool. agreement. And I think also just to um, it can it can it can be easy to get um, cynical sometimes when when um, if people are letting you down like you know if suppliers let you down or whatever but just to stay positive and um, yeah keep uh, keep going back to your to core values. Brilliant, that's very very good advice. And then just finally, what's your long term vision for Zest and for yourself? Uh, just to keep going. Um, I I really feel like I'm in uh, I'm in my dream job, and um, uh, I want to share I want to share the passion that I have for what I do with others. I want to work with sim- similar-minded people and ambitious people, um, and get get products, get consumer products or or menu items available for consumers that are plant-based so they've got the choice and there's the availability um, that makes it's going to make it much easier for them to to at least start a plant-based diet. 
wonderful. I love that. And I'm just so pleased that we've got people in the world like you that are being so proactive in in making this happen. You've shared such a lot of fantastic oh, if advice. I, if, I can give a, if I can give a plug, actually, um, to, uh, well, actually, not only to yourself, because <laughs> I think what you do is great, but also... Uh, <laughs> David Benzakan from Plant Based Solutions in New York, yeah. doing something similar to to me too. Uh, he's been great to work with, and also we just started working with um, Theo Favetto from the Economy in Switzerland, uh, also doing something similar. So uh, it's good. Don't feel alone, and um, all these guys supporting one another. So. Uh, Fantastic. That's, what, that's what's really lovely actually about I was talking with on I interviewed Victoria Moran on a, one of the episodes and she was saying that within the vegan community vegan entrepreneurs there is that spirit of generosity and collaboration because we've got this bigger vision that you know we do want to help each other out so um, I think that's really lovely so thank you so much for all your wonderful advice Jen thank you very much for joining me today thank you Katrina so that was Jennifer Pardot of Zest Plant-Based Food Consulting. You can find out more at plantbasedfood.com. You can also read an article Jennifer wrote for the Vegan Business Media blog called Are You Damaging Your Vegan Brand by Making These Mistakes at Food Shows? You can find both those links on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts. Now for our Vegan Business News Roundup. A vegan cheese worthy of Chardonnay. That was the headline in a recent story on Bloomberg, a major mainstream business news website. The report features Lyrical Foods, a San Francisco Bay Area startup, and its new and improved vegan cheese that's made with equipment imported from France and then aged in caves. The company's Kite Hill range caught the attention of Whole Foods co-CEO John Mackey in 2012 and was on the shelves of over 400 Whole Foods locations across the US by 2014. So the challenge is on to create vegan cheeses that rival their dairy counterparts. Lyrical's co-founder, Dr. Pat Brown, a medical doctor and Stanford biochemistry professor, acknowledged this, telling Bloomberg, we have to match or exceed the sensory pleasure and value that cheese-loving consumers get from conventional animal-derived cheeses. That's so true. Vegan cheese has come a long way since I went vegan 20 years ago, and it's exciting to hear about these new developments to help the masses switch from dairy to plant-based alternatives. The growth of vegan dining was the cover story in the good food lift-out inside the Sydney Morning Herald in Australia this week. The comprehensive article featured an array of vegan eateries, including Gigi's Pizzeria, Soul Burger, Sadhana Kitchen and more. I helped the journalist with the article and was quoted discussing the global cultural trend towards plant-based eating. Now, what was particularly promising about this piece is that it revealed that a number of non-vegan chefs and fine dining restaurant owners are getting more creative with their vegan offerings. Good Food Epicure, which is the lift-out featured in Melbourne's The Age newspaper, also got in on the Vegan Act by running a piece on the growth of vegan eateries in the area and noting that junk food was particularly popular. Now, while there's a lot to be said for keeping ourselves healthy, we've also got to overcome decades of negative vegan stereotypes, particularly involving food. You know, tofu is great, but it's not exactly exciting. <laughs> so if we can persuade people that eating vegan is fun and that they can enjoy veganized versions of their favorite comfort food, 
then I say bring it on. And it's really good to see mainstream media helping us in our mission by reporting favourably like this. It's been a week for positive mainstream media coverage on vegan food. The Belfast Telegraph ran a lovely piece on Sarah McGreechin, who runs a mobile vegan deli, selling her wares at markets in Northern Ireland. Now she's about to open up a pop-up cafe in Portaferry. If that's successful, she's looking to open a permanent store in Belfast. Again, comfort food is on the menu, in particular to attract non-vegans to the idea of plant-based eating, with Sarah making vegan versions of her friends' favourite dishes. Sarah is a good example of someone starting their business small and testing the market. She told the Belfast Telegraph she launched the business with her savings of just £2,000. So you don't have to leap straight into renting expensive premises. You can try out your recipes and your products, adapt them after you've got feedback, perfect them and only expand when you know the business is likely to be feasible. Finally, almond milk sales in the US are up, according to information and measurement company Nielsen. The milk substitute has seen sales growth of a whopping 250% over the past five years, even though during that same period the total milk market shrunk by more than $1 billion. And while almond milk still accounts for just a fraction of the total milk market, about 5% according to Nielsen, it brings in more than twice the revenue of the other substitutes combined. So this is excellent news. It's so good to see dairy alternatives starting to come into their own and grab market share. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving it a review and a rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. I'm Katrina Fox from veganbusinessmedia.com and I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Bye for now. 